Good morning. I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily video update for April 4th, 2022. We're seeing over the weekend even more evidence of the dangers which come from the unilateralism, which is the policy of the United States and the United Kingdom that's been imposed on the NATO members. This is a, a danger to mankind because it starts from the standpoint that the rules-based order, which we hear over and over again from Blinken and U.S. officials, is a policy which benefits primarily the United States and is based on rules that are not universal, but rules which benefit those forces, including the corporate cartels and the financial cartels that are making the policy. And as a result, we have continued drift toward war, and financial collapse internationally. And any nation that asserts its sovereign right to opt out of that is threatened. Let, let's take the most recent example. The European Union had a summit with China at the end of last week. And the Chinese came with a, a very full agenda talking about trade agreements, about financial arrangements, uh, and, and so on. And in terms of the Ukraine situation, proposals for peace talks, but also guarantees of security for all nations. The European Union had no intention of discussing that. And Ursula von der Leyen came in there with one point on the agenda, which is China must not support Russia in the Ukraine situation. And afterwards, in case she hadn't made that plain enough, she sent out a tweet, which she said that China must support all international agreements on Ukraine and had a list of demands, which included no uh, special trade with Russia and, and so on. Now, the proposals from Xi Jinping at the conference included resolving the Ukraine crisis by security guarantees and moving toward improved relations between Europe and Eurasia, which were not even part of an, uh, an interest on behalf of the European Union officials. Now, we, we see this also in terms of the potential for a peace agreement uh, on Ukraine. The US-NATO position is no negotiations for peace in Ukraine until every Russian is out and until the Russian economy is thoroughly degraded by the sanctions policy. The Times of London stated this explicitly. Quote, headline, don't back down Brits, Britain urges Ukraine. That's the headline. The article quotes a British government source who said the allies, referring to France and Germany in particular, are over eager to secure a peace agreement. Then they quote uh, Boris Johnson, who said he told Zelensky, Putin is a liar and a bully. Don't make any concessions. Meanwhile, the NATO side is, is planning on more weapons into Ukraine. The U.S. is sending more weapons. And we see a similar pattern coming from the House of Representatives. Uh, Representative Adam Smith, the Democrat from Washington State, who said there should be no negotiations until Russia is fully driven out of Ukraine completely. Uh, and in the meantime, more arms and aid must be provided Ukraine. 
He said this in, in hearings and also a letter signed by 25 congressmen, mostly Republicans. Now, meanwhile, the U.S. media continues to jack up Zelensky, portraying him as a great hero, a freedom fighter. Uh, CBS did an interview with him on Sunday. And what Zelensky said at one point is, quote, we're not talking of ending this with peace, unquote. He said, Russia must leave before there are negotiations. Now, interestingly, CBS cut the interview. They left out Zelensky talking about Ukraine being willing to remain non-nuclear and non-membership in NATO, that is non-bloc. Why leave that out? Who knows? The, the idea is from the media to back fully the demands that Russia be degraded. Meanwhile, the Polish deputy prime minister has called for the United States to station nuclear weapons in Poland, another provocation against Russia. Now let's look at a couple of aspects of the economy. There are actually two reports from the Federal Reserve which are interesting given the uh, acceleration of inflation and the overall global economic weakness. One is a report from the U.S. Federal Reserve Bank in San Francisco which asks a question of why is U.S. consumer price index inflation higher than in other countries? And they conclude it's due to the policies of zero interest rates, quantitative easing, and providing money for both bailouts and increased government spending. They said this has added at least 3% to inflation. Now, our uh, perspective, our analysis shows that actually almost all of the inflation is due to the bailouts. And this can be seen in a second report that came from the Federal Reserve. Uh, this is a report mandated by the Dodd-Frank bill, which requires, after a passage of time, reports on what was done five quarters or six quarters earlier. Uh, we had in uh, the beginning of this year, the report on the first, actually it was on New Year's Eve, so no one would see it. And in fact, it got no coverage. But the report on the last quarter of 2019, which showed that $13 trillion was pumped into the banking system by the Federal Reserve after the September freeze-up of bank lending, which meant that the repo market seized up. And so the Federal Reserve had to take over the repurchase agreement market so that funds could be made available to banks that had to cover losses. Now, $13 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2019, the first quarter of 2020, $28.6 trillion in liquidity pumping in cumulative loans to 25 trading houses. Uh, and this was through the repo markets and this uh, was on top of the $13 trillion at the end of 2019. Many of these loans, which were initially meant, the repo markets were originally meant to be 24-hour to 48-hour loans, they're now indefinite loans. And of that $28.6 trillion, $17.66 trillion went to six banks, those banks include foreign banks. The, the largest recipient of funds was BNP Paribas, a French bank, $3.84 trillion. And this, this was in, to, to cover risky derivatives. Uh, JP Morgan Securities, $3.6 trillion. Goldman Sachs, $2.85 trillion. 
Nomura Securities, 2.7 trillion. Citigroup, 2.6 trillion. By the way, Nomura is a foreign bank. And the last one on the list is Barclays Capital, 2 trillion. So three of the six banks that were recipients of liquidity from the U.S. Federal Reserve, mostly the New York Fed, uh, were to foreign banks. And the banks, the U.S. banks, including J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and Citigroup, are three of the banks that own the majority of the stock in the New York Fed. So credit is being generated to essentially bankrupt banks to back up worthless financial instruments taken away from the U.S. physical economy. That is, this is money that's going into speculation. And this is what LaRouche warned about with his triple curve, where you see the financial aggregates going up, monetary aggregates, which is what these loans are, and industrial production collapsing. That's why there's inflation. Now, this will be a major topic of discussion, this plus security architecture, a major topic of discussion at this coming Saturday's Schiller Institute conference on April 9th, where the topic will be establishing a security, a new security and a new financial architecture to take us away from the brink of war and global financial disintegration. Uh, the program for this is now available in a press release on the SchillerInstitute.com website, which is also where you go to register. And we've now announced speakers from the United States, Germany, France, Russia, Italy, South Africa, India, and China. I think there'll be a couple of more countries represented. This is the move toward a new financial system which is a financial system in which sovereign nation states agree to base the allocation of credit on physical production, physical resources, not computer-generated funny money. So I urge you, study the documents for this, sign up to, to participate, and join us in organizing to establish a new global security and financial architecture.